Welcome to the Navigation Church Podcast, featuring practical and encouraging weekly messages from one of our pastors or featured guests. Make sure and subscribe to this podcast so you never miss a single message. Every message is committed to helping you discover and take your next step in a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And now, here's today's message with Pastor David Amston. Well, we are continuing a conversation called The Bible Says What? Yeah, it's got to be high at the end there. The Bible says what? Here's why I think this is so important. This past week, I had a friend, uh, actually a partner here at the church, text me, and they said this, when I was in Bible college, I was told out of Hezekiah 5.8 that godliness is, or cleanliness is next to godliness. So while in Bible college, someone quoted to them a book that doesn't exist... In case you didn't know that, Hezekiah is not in the Bible. And by the way, I know there's a lot of like small prophetic books and you're like Amos, Obadiah, like I, maybe it got snuck in there. I went page by page this week. It is not in there. But in a Bible college, someone quoted Hezekiah 5.8 that said cleanliness is the next to godliness. So I'm thinking there's a chance in our world we don't know enough about the Bible And usually when we quote the Bible, it's people quoting things like this. Well, you know, the Bible says not to judge. First of all, does it? And if so, maybe we should talk about it next week, which we're going to. But normally what I find is people who don't know the Bible, who don't know God, who don't, they have a couple scriptures that they quote, don't judge and Jesus turned water into wine. Which, by the way, if you're quoting that one all the time, you may have a drinking problem. I'll go ahead and throw it out to you. I'll go ahead and say that now. So, so the reason why this is a good conversation is, what does the Bible actually say? And this week, has anyone ever been going through a hard time in their life, and someone says this to you, don't worry, this too Okay, so you have heard it before. So I was thinking, is this in the Bible? So I, I looked it up, and guess what? Deuteronomy 28.1 says this, and now, ready for this? It shall come to pass. Now let's just stop right there, because we found it in the Bible. So first thing we need to do is figure out, what is the book of Deuteronomy about? So how many have ever heard of a guy named Moses before? The Ten Commandments, you heard of him? Okay, so the beginning of the Bible, the first five books are him, or or, or his writings. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and do it again. Okay, and I I say Deuteronomy that way because this is Moses at the end of his life for these people that he took out of captivity that there's some things he didn't want them to forget. And so what, what he does in Deuteronomy, it's kind of a review of the past, it's regulations for the present, and it's readiness for the future. I don't see anyone taking notes. These are really good. Like next time you read it, you're going to want to know this. Don't worry. You can go back and listen to the podcast. So it's a reminder. Deuteronomy again. I'm going to do this again. We're going to remind you of what's going. But also in the moment, here's some ways that you need to live. But by the way, the future is coming and you need to be ready for it. So that's kind of what Moses is writing in the book of Deuteronomy. So then when we look at Deuteronomy 28, here's what we're going to see. That the first 14 verses of Deuteronomy 
are all blessings. Deuteronomy 28, 1 through 4, 14. It says, if you do this, here's your blessing. If you do this, here's your blessing. But then in verses 15 through 68, three times more, he goes, by the way, if you do this, here's the curses. And so I love this. God cares so much about us that he's not trying to sell us on all the good things. God is trying to warn us of the bad things that will be inevitable if we act like boneheads. Boneheads, is that in the Bible? It is. Or is it? The Bible says what? Like it could be. Go look it up for yourself. No, it doesn't say that. But here's what I do know. I do know that there are times that I act like the fool. Can anybody else say amen for you, not me? For you, not me. I heard it. That was aggressive. That was aimed for me. But you know, we do this. We do things that are foolish. And here's what God's saying. Listen, you guys can play the fool all you want, but I just need to warn you, if you do act like this, these are the repercussions of it. I know in America, 2023, we don't talk about repercussions for actions, but there are repercussions for the actions that we're taking. There are repercussions for decisions that we're making. So I was telling Pastor Aaron, I said, I don't know what to do for this week's sermon because there's 68 verses attached to this one verse. And here's what Pastor Aaron said to me. He goes, you're great at summarizing. Amen. And I went, okay, that's what I'll do. So let's summarize it. Let's go to Deuteronomy 28 and let's read the whole of verse one. It says, now... It shall come to pass if, everyone say if, yes. big transition word there, if you are diligently obeying the voice, uh, the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments, which I commanded you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above the mountains. And so guess what? This too shall pass if if you do the right things. But then from verses 14 for the rest of it, this too shall come and stay if you don't. So what, it, what can I give to you out of summary of Deuteronomy chapter 28? And here's what it is. Next time you are going through a hard time, open up Deuteronomy chapter 28, start around verse 14 and start reading. And in that hard time, see if... You made a decision that brought about a curse. Okay, we want to welcome you to Navigation Church. That's the end of the day's sermon. I don't know what to do. It's almost like there's a left side of Deuteronomy and there's a right side of Deuteronomy. And on the right side, it's full of blessings. And if I live my life this way, this too shall pass and it will put me in a better way. But there's also almost like a left side of the page that if I choose to live on the left side, this too shall come and bring something else. And we're reaching out and crying out to God for blessings, but he's sitting up in heaven going, stop doing the bonehead things. Stop doing the actions that are, that are forcing. It's almost like you're planting seeds of corn, praying that apples show up. And God is up there just going, stop planting the corn. God, can you take a dissension away from my family? Well, how about you work on the anger that you keep planting? All right, God, why is it that we always just have debt in our life? That's because you keep 
planting nothing but self-desires in the ground, getting what you want when you want it. And here's a newsflash. You don't have to live on a $7 drink every single day from a local cafe, coffee place. I'm trying not to bury Starbucks, scooters, you name it. By the way, scooters, is it me? They've been planting the seeds of scooters everywhere. Good God, they're popping up everywhere. Thank God I don't drink the devil's juice, so I don't have to go through there. So, oh, the devil's juice. If you're new to Navigation Church, there's times where you should listen. And then there's times where you're like, yeah, no, I don't have to listen to that part. That's sarcasm? Yeah, that was one of those. And so when it comes to the book of Deuteronomy, here's what I would say to you. If you're going through a tough time and you want something to pass, I would encourage you to do some work on you by doing some work in the word. That really is the whole sermon, except I started thinking, why is it that people say to someone, this too shall pass? And usually, tell me if I'm wrong, tell me if your thinking is the same way as mine, usually it's because someone's going through a hard time. So let's do this. Rather than just telling you that you're wrong in what you said that the Bible said, how about we see if the Bible has something to say that you can use to help someone when they are going through a hard time? And I'm going to go to a passage that I think is fairly common and well-known. If not, I'm going to break it out for you a little bit. But it's about the children of Israel. Moses is dead and gone now. The children of Israel have gone into the promised land. And by the way, you have Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, first five books, a Torah, Moses' books. But then the very next book is a guy named Joshua. And Joshua is going to be taking the children of Israel into the promised land. And upon coming into the promised land, the first city that they run into is a city by the name of Jericho. And so I just want to read to you Joshua 6, 1 through 5. And then I want to take some time to just break down some thoughts that I, that I had about this. And it said in verse 1, it said, Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of, Israel, of the Israelites. No one went in and no one came out. Or no one came out and no one came in. So the picture you have to see is this whole children of Israel, this ragtag band of people who've been living in the desert for 40 years, and they weren't coming across with tanks. They weren't coming across with spirit. They were coming across with anything that they got 40 years earlier from Egypt. And so now they're standing in this land. They look forward and imagine these walls that were so high, two chariots, they were so high and so wide, they could race two chariots side by side around the walls. And it was so big, and Jericho was so threatening, or Israelites were so threatening, that they even closed up the door. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with the king and its fighting men. That's a wall, God. God was doing something interesting. So God said, March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carrying trumpets of ram's horn in front of the ark. Priests, by the way, this is the worshipers going forth. Why do we start our Sunday morning um, um, uh, time together with worship and song? It's because all throughout the Bible, when we move into our lives, we should be moving forward with worship. We give God the worth, his worth. And you're like, wow, churches are so stale. Why don't they change it up? Why don't? Because there is a pattern. We come forward with our worship. We enter the courts with thanksgiving. We enter it with praise. 
It's because this is what we do. So even in battle, God's strategy is for the, uh, um, the priest to go, f- to go first. So have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark, and on the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. So for the first six days, just march around once, go back home. March around once, go back home. March around. On day number seven, you're going to march around it seven times. And when you hear them, them being the worshipers, I don't know, this is not a sermon about worship today, but I'm feeling like the Holy Spirit's letting, needing someone to hear this. If there are some walls in your life that you continue to walk around, there's a chance you need a new battle strategy, and the battle strategy may need to start with some worship. Not calling your girlfriend, not calling your boyfriend, not calling your friends, not calling anyone else. Maybe it's time to turn off your mind and turn on some worship. And when you hear the sound of the long blast of the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout, then the walls of the city will collapse and the army will go up straight in. So why? When people are going through hard times and we say this too shall pass, isn't it actually a way that we're saying to them, don't give up? Right, like it's an encouragement, great word. We're trying to encourage, we're trying to let them know that listen, this is a tough time, but it will pass. This is a hard time, but you're gonna get through it. So we wanna encourage them. Here's what I would say. Let's look at what are the reasons that we give up on a hard time. And I would say in this story and compared to my life, usually it's that we are looking through our perspective, not God's perspective. Because here's the interesting thing about Jericho. Jericho took roughly one hour to walk around. It's not that big of a city. But what they did have is really high walls. And you might go, what does that have to do with me? Here's why I'd say it. It's because there is a chance the hard thing that you're having to go around is not that big of a deal. You just can't figure out how to get over the high walls. So I've been married for quite a few years now and I know my wife and I know who she is, but I don't know why we're continuing to fight. We're continuing to bicker. We never seem to get along. Listen, the marriage isn't that big, but somehow the obstacles of why your marriage isn't working continues to grow and grow and grow. I'm not looking for couples to say amen right now. I'm just thinking there's someone out there like that. I know for me in my life when it came to addiction, my addiction was very simple. It was one bottle. It was a very small city, but do you know what the walls were that were standing around that bottle was? You know the belief system that I had that was standing up above that bottle? It was huge, and if you're here right now and you're suffering from addiction and you can't figure out how to get over it, it's because you're still looking at the city through your eyes, not God's eyes. In God's eyes, this was a wall that was going to be the ramp to get you in. And you're like, well, it's not that much debt. It is that much debt. Every time I look at this, it's that much debt, but why can I walk around it? It's a credit card. It's a credit card until you realize there's interest. You credit card until you realize you don't have any other money that you can go to. It's a credit card until you realize there's no 0% credit cards coming out that you could do a balance transfer and no one's letting you borrow more money than you used to. Why? Because everyone who's borrowed you money goes, they're not good for paying it back. Like It is a high wall, but do you know what it takes? It takes the right person to understand how to tear those walls down. If someone else tore down the walls of debt, you can. If someone else tore down the walls of addiction, you can. If someone else overcame a bad marriage, you can. But at some point, your perspective is what got you into this mess. We're the ones that build the walls around our own dysfunction. 
And at some point, how about we put down everything that we normally do thinking we'll find freedom and realize we're the ones putting up the bricks in front of us. And it's time to start getting a God perspective. And what does a God perspective say? Verse two, I have given you these walls. No, you haven't. I still have to walk around these. I need everyone to hear this. God speaks in past tense before we live in our present reality. I have given you these walls. Well, that's a past tense, but I'm not living in that present reality. And if we start seeing it, this is what the prophecy is. Why do we believe in prophecy here at Navigation Church? Because God writes history before it happens. And when we're able to lean in to hear what God is having to say, then our present, our present situations get a different viewpoint from God's past reality that he's currently living in the future that he's calling us to. Don't ask me to say that again. That one I won't repeat. But here's what we have to realize, that God of the future, he's the alpha and omega the beginning and the end, and there's times when he's calling you into the future, you are only seeing walls, but God is seeing the ramps that are about to be made so you can walk boldly into that city. You don't feel, you're healed, but I feel broken. You may want to listen to God. You are blessed, but I feel cursed. You may want to get a God perspective. You are an overcomer. You don't have to be overcome today. So God told Joseph, uh, Joshua the plan. He said, here's what you're going to do. I'm going to have you go walk around the city one time for six days. But then after that, you're going to go back home. On the seventh day, you're going to go back. You're going to walk the city seven times. Now, I've read a handful of commentaries on this. I completely read Joshua, just kind of through this line, trying to figure out, and here's one thing that I couldn't see. I'm not saying I'm right on this, but I can't see it anywhere. I see where God told Joshua the plan, but Joshua didn't tell the people the plan. And so as far as the people were concerned, Joshua said, here's what we need to do today. Today, I need you to go walk around that city one time, and then come back home. And I find that Joshua did something very interesting. He said, while you walk around the city, don't talk. Because for me in my life, I've never had a plan come together because God gave me the full plan. I've had a plan come together because I said yes today. It's fun thing interesting. And when Jesus taught us how to pray, he said, thy kingdom, or uh, our father who art in heaven, yeah, I have to start from the beginning, sorry. I can't jump halfway into this. Our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on as it is in heaven. Give me this week. Give me this month my plan for marriage and the spouse that I can't find. God, could you just, you know why God doesn't give you the whole plan? Because we screw things up. We just do. If you're offended that I just use that phrase, I'm sorry, but let's call it what it is. 
And if you're offended at that one, get ready for this one. So Joshua says to everyone what I think God is wanting to say to all of us today. When you're walking around your city, shut up. And again, if I'm offending you, I'm not trying to. If I was at home and my baby Mariah looked over at someone and went, you should shut up. Like I would go, hey, we don't use that language. But for this one, we need to understand what God is trying to say. At some point, the worst thing you can do is keep talking. Because your talking is the one that built the walls. And I have a feeling on day four, there was someone out there going, this is stupid. I have a question. Is there anyone that would have got there before day four? Just to be honest with you, right? Around day two, you're like, this is what we're doing, right? And so Joshua knew the best thing for us to do for God to move was for us to get out of the way. I don't know why I feel like I'm yelling at you today. That is not my goal, but it's definitely here. So I hope you hear it. If you're going through something tough in your life and you're hoping that it came to pass, there's one thing that you may want to check on yourself, your mouth. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth talks. The mouth has the power. It's like the tongue is a two-edged sword. This tongue can build up or it can tear down. And if I'm in the middle of a process that God is wanting me to learn, to trust him, that in the tough times, if I just do what he calls me to do, then he will take care of the rest. If partway through that process, the only thing I do is going, man, this ain't going to work. God is not faithful. Why am I out here again? And you know what? If my wife would actually just shut up for a minute and let me talk, right? If the rest of the family wouldn't spend that type of money, if, you know, if my boss, that guy's an idiot. That woman, how did she even get that position, right? Like if this is what our mouth is doing all day long and we're wondering why walls aren't crumbling, it's because we are doing nothing but refortifying the perspective that we came from. Oh, yeah, uh, hang on. I did that wrong. I'm going to call a buddy and I'm going to process out loud so he can pray with me. No, you're not. You're gossiping. I mean, that's what it is. It's not about, if you call, if you call someone and say this, I'm going to tell you a story so that you can tell me where I might be wrong, process that out loud. But if I'm calling a buddy to say, hey, can I tell you about Brent? <laughs> By the way, RJ standing and Brent's here. That's why the only reason these two have an example. And, and I hate using names and people might not know them. So RJ, can you say good morning to everyone right there online? There, there's Brent. Okay, great. So here it is. Brent, can I tell you about RJ? Whew, man, but I'm going to have you pray with me at the end. RJ, my wife, like, by the way, if a conversation starts like that, yeah. and so it, 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 here's the thing, we have to understand that what if we said my marriage is going to last for 50 years? What if that's the confession of our mouth? What if we say that our finances, my finances, they are going to do what I tell it to do, not what the bills command me to do? What if we start changing the, our mouth just a little bit and we say this, hey, feelings, shut up. Hey, lies, shut up. Hey, past pains, shut up. I'm going to do this. I'm going to quietly march. I'm going to quietly march because I'm wondering, 
before God did something in front of them if he had to do something inside of them. I wonder if God had something he wanted to do for them. But here's the thing. What he wanted to do for them is to let them know that the victory was all his. But even in this situation, if you keep reading, they didn't believe it. Because God said, once this land is conquered, you're going to leave all of it behind. Oh, it's almost like God wanted the tithe. It's almost like God wanted his portion first. But do you know there were some people that went ahead and took for themselves? And I'm wondering if those are the people that were whispering while they were walking. Because at some point, they didn't trust God, so they had to get for themselves. What are most of the walls that we face? Go read Deuteronomy 28. It's because we don't actually trust God, so we try to do for ourselves. And in doing that, we ended up aligning ourselves for curses rather than the biblical uh, blessings that God promised us. And so, when it comes to a God perspective... I would say this, rarely do we notice progress before we see breakthrough. Do you know why if you are ever doing a weight loss thing, they tell you to take before pictures? Well, let's be honest. None of us want to pop the top and take a picture of what that really is. You know what I mean? The lighting isn't flattering. I don't care, women, I love you, but I don't care how high you hold that phone to get the right angle. We all see it. So... <clears throat> And men, I got nothing. I got nothing for the men. Men, just shut up. Okay, like I'm trying, I'm trying here. The reason you have to do before photos is because rarely when you have a long-term goal do you see the short-term advancements. And there's something to be able to look at a photo from three months ago because we live day-to-day. And day to day, we don't see that our disciplines are making a difference. But if we could take a snapshot of who we were to where we are now, now we start seeing that we are actually progressing forward. And so we should do something. Man, how do I had so many different directions. I felt like God wanted us to go here at the end. But I would like to jump to Hebrews 10. Because there are two things that if you are in a hard time in your life, you're ready to give up, there are two things that you can have and do. And it may be a better scripture than Deuteronomy 28 that says, this too shall come, or this too shall pass. Hebrews 10, 35 through 36 says this, so don't throw away all of your confidence. It'll be richly rewarded. If you're in a tough place in your life, If you're here today and you think suicide is your only option, I'm letting you know now it's not. And there are people all around you that way want you to live. They want you to thrive. They want you to succeed. If you are here right now and you feel like the spirit of suicide is on you and you war with it every night and you're afraid to go home by yourself because decisions you might make, I just curse that spirit. And I say there's freedom for you. And there's life available for you. And I'm going to say this to you. Don't throw away your confidence. 
on day six of doing the same thing, their confidence had to be questioned. On day seven, on trip six, there had to be a time of what are we out here doing? If you are here today, if you're online and you're listening to my voice, that's because there is a God that loves you enough to say this to you this morning, that you should not throw yourself away. Have confidence in a God. So don't throw away your confidence. It will be ritually rewarded. Verse 36, you need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you'll receive what is promised. I would say the two things that you need during a hard time in your life is direction and determination. Direction, the will of God. What is the will of God? See, I wanted to say it to you, but the best thing for me to do is just shut up. Right? What are we doing here now? I'm going to walk these walls till my belief and perspective on God is greater than the walls that I'm walking around. If God tells me that I need to go back to college and get some type of degree, I'll promise you this now. I don't want to study. I don't want to do the work. I don't want to write the papers. I'm, I'm not smart enough. I'm not qualified enough. I have fear to do it. Wait a second. If God told me to march this direction, then I'm going to trust the will of God in your life. God, I've had this invention in my life and my mind for a while now, but I don't know really what to do and where to go for it. But Lord, I really believe I'm supposed to create this and invent this. Listen, at some point, that thing will get created. At some point, God's going to download that to someone. At some point, society's going to get creative enough to create that thing. And if God's given this and this is your will, it's time to step out and do it. God, I've been, man, I've been looking at this pretty girl over there, and I've been looking at this boy over there, and I think I want to get married, and I don't know if I'm ready for it. Like, at some point, if you wait to get married till you're ready to be married, you're never going to be married. And if you wait to have kids till you're ready to have kids, ain't nobody ever going to have kids. And so, like, at some point, if this is the desire that God's putting in your life, life it's time to start moving out that direction and I am pursuing the will of God and if you don't know what the will of God is in your life here's what God's will is for you to move towards holiness and righteousness which is right living through right thinking and so number one I would say this you need to know the direction in the will of God but then it says you need to persevere you need to have some determination it's time to start getting some grit and by the way, I actually read almost this whole book thinking I was going to use it. I, there's a book out there named Grit. It's written by a lady, and, I, and I'm not going to remember her name right now. I apologize. But if you look up Grit, it's an amazing book. They, do, they, they started the book by doing research. Uh, it was the Green Berets. It was the Spelling Bee. And it was um, a third group. Uh, oh, uh, uh, West, West uh, the military, the West Point. Thank you. And they... They wanted to figure out why of 4,000 candidates that were brought in, whittled down to 2,500, of only like 1,200 of those actually could qualify, and they bring it down to like 400. And I'm sure my numbers are off there because I'm doing just no notes what I remember reading. And they tried to figure out why one in five, after that long process, will still quit West Point. They want to figure out why kids that have 27 letters in one word, which I don't think those words are real. Can I just, I've, I've watched spelling bees. I, they're just making it up, right? But 
why is it that some kids see it and some kids don't? And here's what it came down to. It came down to determination, this grit that's inside of them. And unfortunately, we in society, do you ever feel like you're just beat down? Do you feel like, man, I've tried this one? Let me ask you this. Last time you went to buy groceries at the grocery store, did you go, huh, really? These prices again, right? Okay, this past week I had to get one of my cars worked on and the guy said, hey, just so you know, the price went up and I went, we just talked like a week ago. He goes, prices on all car parts are going up daily. Have you ever just felt like you're working and working and you just get punched in the mouth at the end of the day and sometimes, but you know what? I'm not ready to give up on life. I'm ready to conquer it. I'm ready to go. I'm not ready to say, you know, we don't have enough money to bless our city. No, I'm going to say, God, you told us to bless our city. Now you give us the money. Like that's how that works, right? And so there has to be a determination, but the determination is inside of me because I feel like God is calling me. And this is a good old-fashioned phrase. I didn't make it up myself. I definitely feel almost Pentecostal right now, but here it is, ready? When God gives you the vision, he will give you the provision. But that can only happen if you know his will and you're willing to walk for days. Here's the fact. They walk for days seeing nothing. If you're here and you feel like you've been walking for days and you're not seeing, you've been walking around that marriage, you've been walking around those finances, you've been why is it that I raised this kid in the house and now they hate me? Listen, those walls feel high. But don't stop walking around them. That kid needs to come home. Right? I've been walking around this for days. Maybe you've been walking around the echoes of the past that someone had said over you. It's time for those walls to fall. And it's time for God to get the victory for this thing. So, if you're going through a hard time, I do want to say, this too shall pass. If. Here's a question. When it passes, are you going to be better or are you going to be worse? When it passes, are you going to be stronger or are you going to be weaker? When it passes, here's a big one, will you be closer to God or further? Because I believe in every pivotal moment that we experience in our life, we either are moving towards God, everyone's moving, no one's standing still. Are you moving towards him or are you moving away from him? And so, God, I just lift up. And by the way, if you're watching online right now and you think I'm going to pray and be done, there's one more thing I want to do as a community this morning, so stay with us. But God, I lift up for anyone that is here right now. If you are suffering from a medical thing, if, you are, if, if the marriage example that I gave early, if the children trying to figure out how to be the, the fa- father and mother that God's called you to be, if it's a work environment, God, this thing, it hasn't come to pass. It feels like it's come to rest. I just pray for all of us right now that we get a proper understanding that this thing is here to make us more than conquerors. We prophetically speak to the future and call it into the present so we can live with that type of grit. We can live with that type of determination. We can live with that type of drive in order to conquer this thing. So God, I just ask for your peace in these areas. I ask for an understanding of when we should speak and when we should not when to take action and when to pause. God, I ask for wisdom in these places right now.
If you're praying with me right now, maybe your eyes are closed, could I just ask you to just stay in this position of prayer for one more minute? If you're here today and you have walls in your life that never seem to come down, can I tell you the first wall that you need to deal with? The first wall is your sin. It's the separation that you have from God. And you cannot do it on your own, but you can do it by believing in a man named Jesus Christ. The reason we're here today, the songs that we sing, the declarations that we make is we believe that Jesus Christ is Lord and he's not some fixture of imagination, of history gone by. It is because he died on a cross, rose from the dead three days later, and what he said was, I have come to buy you back. If you're here today, if you're in an online community and you don't know Jesus Christ is your personal Lord and Savior, no one's looking around, just you and I talking right now. If you're here today and you're ready for the walls of sin to come crashing down around you, could I just ask you to say yes to Jesus by raising your hand so that I can see that you're making that decision today? And as hands are, as hands are going up here in the church, I see those hands, two, three, praise God, four. I see those hands going up around this room. If you're here and you're watching, us online. You may not be able to raise your hand, but here's what I need you to do. I need you to click the like button. I need you to make a comment. I said last week we had someone post that they prayed this prayer for the first time. And here's the prayer. Could I ask everyone to do this with those that are making a decision day? Say, dear Jesus, today is the day that I want the walls of sin that separate us to come crashing down. Become Lord of my life. Forgive me for my sins. And from this day forward, I follow you. God, I thank you for every hand that went up. I thank you for every decision that was made. And I declare this, God, you are Lord of our life. Thank you for the freedom from sin and death. Thank you for the freedom from our Jericho walls. And now, God, thank you for the future that you've written that you are calling us into. Today, God, our voice, our mouth only speaks what you call us to as we move into that destiny. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, for those in our online community, just stick with us for a minute longer. Uh, here's what I do want to say. If you're in our online community or if you're here in person, if you raise your hand today and you're like, okay, so I said yes to Jesus, now what? It's real simple. I'd love you to stop by our Next Step booth and they'll help you take your next step in a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. If, if you're here and you're just trying to figure out how to get more connected to the church, could I ask you to stop by our Connecting Center and they will be there in order to serve you, to help you connect with here at the church. Um, um, here's what I'd like to do now in just the last two or three minutes together. Um, globally, we are a small church in the middle of nowhere, Illinois. But globally, we are part of a body of Christ, billions, billion plus, of people that believe that Jesus Christ is Lord. And currently, in the Middle East, Israel has come under attack and I would like to, as a church, take time just to pray for them. Now, having said that, here's what I want to say. I don't, we're not praying for them because of some end-time thing. We're not praying for them because, in, ready for this, the news that we didn't trust during COVID, the news that we didn't trust through the election, 
The news that we didn't trust through November 6th is now the news letting us know that the book of Revelation is occurring. No. I don't take my guiding steps from the news. I take it from my Savior, Jesus Christ. Here's what I know for a fact. That they have found children in houses that were beheaded. And if your news isn't telling you that, you are, and I, by the way, I am standing on a soapbox. If your news isn't telling you that, you're listening to the wrong news. And if you need help knowing what news, just look up Christian news, start there, and we'll go, right? But there are women and children being slaughtered. And you could say, well, this has to do with Palestine, and this has to do with, okay, here's what I know, is a nation who doesn't fear God as their leader, and I would say has a demonic spirituality is now coming in overthrowing it'd be partners and I know it's Israel I'm being very careful because I'm not trying to make this about some end time thing here's what it's about it's about a a nation that has stood with America and when Israel is strong we are strong and by the way That goes for other nations too, but here is someone that when you're coming in, raping and killing innocent women and children, it's ungodly. And so could we do this for the next two, three minutes? I just want you to pray. And it's whatever's on your heart. I don't want to lead you with my voice over the mic, coaching you. I'm going to be up here praying. I want to ask you and those online to be praying also. And right now, let's do this too. Let me just, if you're here right now going, well, it's not about end times. What about end times? And is this a sign of the end times and all that? I'd love to talk to you afterwards. Because that's not what this is about. This is about the kingdom of God wanting to go first, or go forward. And when you have a people group being slaughtered, as well as not confessing Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. We, I, I am Israel. You are Israel. The new Israel found in the New Testament that Jesus Christ, he came to establish a new covenant. So when Russia invaded um, um, Ukraine, we took time to pray. And by the way, in a little bit, there's an election coming up and we're going to pray, right? Like this is what we do as a people. We are praying people. And so let's just take the next couple minutes. Those online, those in here, God, we just begin lifting up Israel to you right now. Lord, I ask for wisdom for not just political leaders, but also military leaders. I ask for wisdom and spiritual leaders at this time to know what to do, when to act, when not to act, what to fortify what to advance, what to retreat. God, I ask for wisdom. I ask for safety for all the women and children, the men, the families that are just there. I know that we have something like 20, uh, 200,000 dual citizens from America to Israel that are there. We have partners here at the church that have families over there. God, I just ask for freedom and protection. We want to see life and not death. I intercede for all of those that believe they're following a true God to have their eyes open to who the true God is. Savior, come and save. Show us what matters the most, God. I ask for deception to fall off like scales from eyes. I ask for sin to be revealed and let it be convicting to us. 
God, I lift up Israel, the states around. God, the only thing I know how to pray for is your presence to fall in a powerful way. Let revival come. Let awakening come, God. May the truth of your kingdom be established here on earth. God, as we finish our time here together, I ask for a spirit of intercession to rest on us today as we continue to move out. Spirit of evangelism that we'll talk out. And the spirit of a living God to rest upon us that we can call people up. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for allowing me that opportunity. But church, we're not here as a spectator sport. We're here as the body of Christ. And I pray these, these prayers that we said today will go up to the throne room of God and he hears it as our prayers and petitions. Amen. Thanks again for joining us this week on the Navigation Church podcast. We hope this message strengthened and encouraged you in the next step of your journey. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a rating and review. And if you want more information about Navigation Church or wish to connect with us in more ways, visit navchurch.org, download the Nav app in your app or Google Play Store, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and even like the Navigation Church page on Facebook. And again, make sure and subscribe to this podcast so you never miss a single message. For now, know Navigation Church is always here to help you discover and take your next step in a growing relationship with Jesus Christ.